Good evening to all. This is uh, Rabbi Chaim Bravender, and we're talking about the parasha of the week, which this week is a combination of two parashiyot, Matot and Masay. And this year, this year is given the Louis Nishmat, Reb Chaim Yosef Ben Chanoch Alevi Sifrono Livracha. And Again, the re, there are two parashiyot today, Matot and Masay, and that's in order to ensure that the parasha of Dvarim is read before Tisha B'Av, so that this Shabbat, coming Shabbat, is Matot Masay, the culmination of the parashiyot of Bamidbar, the book of Bamidbar. And then next week, or the week following, we read the first parasha in the book of Dvarim, which is always read before Tisha B'Av. So the second parasha that we read this Shabbat is called Mas'e, a word that means the travels, the, the, the way that the day Israel moved from place to place, right, in the desert. And the first pasuk, you see it there, Elam Masay B'nei Yisrael, Asher Yetzu Me'eretz Mitzrayim L'Tzivotam, B'yad Moshe Aaron. they were led by Moshe Aaron in the desert. Uh, they went from place to place, led by, led by Moshe and Aaron. Uh, okay, that's what the pasuk says. Think that's fine. Yeah. Let me just close this up here. Vayichtov Moshe et Motzaehem lemaasehem. As we can say that it doesn't really look like it's that important to know the names of all the places that Bnei Yisrael went to. But but the pasuk tells us Vechtov Moshe Motzaihem Lemasaihem Al Pi Hashem. The writing of these place names was specifically, I mean, specifically instructed uh, by Moshe Rabbeinu was specifically instructed by Hashem to write the names of these places. That's what the pasuk says. Vechtov Moshe Motzaihem Lemasaihem Al Pi Hashem. Here they are. Here's the list. They left Ramses in Egypt. The day after Pesach. Right? And then after that, we look at Pasuk. Hey, right? So, so of course, you could have that question, and Rashi has that question. Why do you have to know the names of all these places? Why wouldn't it be enough for B'nai Yisrael, for the Torah to say, well, there were this number of, of trips that B'nai Yisrael were forced to take in the desert. Tell me a number. Why tell me these names? I don't know the names, and I have no way of connecting to these names, really, right? So why why list them? 
Now Rashi asks this question in a special way. Look at the Rashi. We'll look at it together. Why are all of these trips mentioned, right? That's a great thing to tell us or explain to us that HaKadosh Baruch Hu acted uh, out of chesed. Out of chesed. You know, chesed is a word that's hard to translate. So we'll leave it at chesed. Acted with chesed towards Bnei Yisrael. Even though the punishment that Bnei Yisrael uh, received for the fact that they wouldn't go to Eretz Yisrael, they didn't. They 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 followed the crazy ideas of the of the spies of the Miraglim. And their punishment was that they would be uh, forced to just move around in the desert. They, they would have a bad time. You, you shouldn't think that it was really that bad, that all the 40 years that they were in the desert, that every trip they took, every time they moved from one place to another, it was just terrible. No, they were able to rest, actually. They were able to rest. And if you count the uh, the trips that they took in a certain way, Rashi is going to explain to us that these trips, these trips that they took were not so bad. First of all, he says, if you count all the trips that are listed in the parasha, in our parasha, right? You see, if you look back up, you see, uh, so you, you, you can just count them. You can count the number of trips that are listed there, like in the, the first chapter. I mean, the chapter 33 of the book of Bamidbar, Rashi says this. He says, he says you have to count them in, a, in the right way. There are only 42 Masaot that, that are listed. 42 is not such a big number. Well, okay, 42 in 40 years. 42. Say mehem yudal that you have to subtract fourteen from the forty-two. Shekulama yuba shanari shanab because they're not part of the punishment. The first basaot that took place in the first in the first year called them before the punishment was determined by heaven. Misha nasumiram says adshabau liritma. When they left Ramses in Egypt till they got to Ritma, Shamisham Nishtalhu Habraglim. And that was the place that the Miraglim, that the spies was sent from, where all the all the distress was caused for Bene Israel. They they then they left from Khatserot, there it says Shlak Vikhan Hashim. 
that they that they received permission to send the uh, the spies so there's the same thing it goes on for 42 stations they got to the desert called Paran and you have to subtract so that's how you subtracted 14 now we have to subtract he says you have to they have to subtract another eight. After Aaron died, Nehor Hahar, he died on Hor Hahar actually. Ad Arvot Moav. Ad Arvot Moav until they came to the place called Arvot Moav, Bishnata Arbaim on the 40th year after leaving Mitzrayim. Bishnata Arbaim. Nemtza, like this is called like in class. You say we're gonna now add it. We'll subtract fourteen and then subtract eight, and we're gonna have uh, what's gonna be left. Nemtza shekol shmona u'shloshim shana lo nasu ela esrim masaot. So how many were actually punishment masaot? Twenty. So Rashi said. Rashi says the reason that the Masaot are listed is in order to teach us that even though HaKadosh Baruch Hu punishes, but there's a punishment that's done with Chesed, which is different than the punishment that's done without Chesed. And this is the point of the list, according to, according to Rashi. That's the point of the list. And Rashi goes on and says, Zem Rabbi Moshe Darshan. Rashi says, this is not my idea. This is not what I invented, but this is Rabbi Moshe Darshan, which we know. We know from Rashi. Rashi thought of him very, had a very high opinion of Rabbi Moshe uh, Darshan. The Rabbi Tanchuma Darashra Darashah Acheret. And Rabbi Tanchuma, Tanchuma is the name of the person who starts off the Medrash called Tanchuma, which Rashi, by the way, knew by heart. The Rashi both Rasha Acheret, Mashal Melech Shaya Benochole, Vaulichole Makom Rachogli Rapoto, Kevan, he says, imagine a king, right, who had a son who was sick, and he took him. Authority, he had to take him far away. He had to take him to some hospital in America in order to cure him. When they, when, after the cure was affected and the sun was, was, uh, uh, had renewed energy, the father would start telling his son about all the places that they went to and how difficult it was and how happy he is now. Omar Lokan Yishaninu, Kan Hukrinu, Kan Chashashta Edroshka. He says, Here we slept and here we ate and here you didn't feel so well, Vichule. Now, this is interesting because. 
So Rashi, there are two comments that Rashi makes. One comment has to do with the number. How many, how many masaot, how many trips are connected to the punishment? And if I am able to count them properly, I would understand that the punishment was meted out with chesed. Hakadosh went easy on Bnei Yisrael. That's the first interpretation. The second interpretation is that, you know, like it's reasonable when the trip is over, when the difficulties are done, when you're on your way to a solution, when you're on your way to a solution. In all of these cases, in all of these cases, you you would like to remember all of the difficult points that you that you made in your in your travels. So you want to when it's finished, you want to remember Ramses and Atov and Gatsyon Gaba. You want to remember all these places and how it was to be there. And that's the interpretation of the Tanfuma. The Tanfuma is the name of the person who started off the Medrash. This Medrash called Tanfuma after him. After his name. That's what that's what Rashi says. That's what Rashi says. Now, uh, just to make sure that we know that there is a Ramban, I want to quote a little bit of the Ramban on these Ipsukim. Just one second. Here's the Ramban. The Ramban says this. After the people went punished the Midianites, Shamalo Hakarish Bohu the Moshe Acharteya Sefala Mecha. We know that God told Moshe Rabbeinu that now is the time that you're going to die. Teya Sefala Mecha means that. It means you're going to die. Vacharei Shechalak Erech Sichod Vaog after Moshe Rabbeinu divided up the conquered territory that belonged to Sichon the king and Og the king, and they built up the cities that were mentioned in the in the parashiyot, in the last parashiyot. So he decided, he kind of thought about what he should do and he decided to write the names of the places that they stopped when they traveled in the desert. Why did he do it? So the rabbi said, they, that the reason that Moshe Rabbeinu was gonna write this is in order that everybody should know the chesed that HaKadosh Baruch Hu did for them, that it was not such a difficult Difficult time. The Rabban is quoting Rashi. But what does he add to the Rashi? What does he add to the Rashi? What well, says at the beginning, the first line, Achrei 
It was what the Ramban says is that this was this was a summarizing moment. It was the right time to list all of the all of the uh, uh, places that Bnei Yisrael pra- uh, traveled to and from. And that's why we could see, it was what the Rabban is adding, what the Rabban is adding, I think, is that Rashi's right. Rashi's right, that's what, he, that's what he says. He doesn't say those words, but that's what he says. Well, he says at the end, you see the end, he says, Rashi. This is all, I'm taking it all from Rashi. And so the Ramban recognizes that. Rashi, Rav Moshe Darshan, he says, I agree 100%, but I add, the Ramban says, I add to the Rashi this idea that it was a summarizing moment. It was the right time to do it after, after the, the, the war against Bidyan and after Kodesh uh, Bogu said to Moshe Rabbeinu, you're going to die very soon. And after he divided up the land of Sichon and Og amongst the tribes, all of that, all of that is uh, part of what the Rabban said. What the Rabban said. Okay, good. One more comment. There's one more comment that I'd like you to bear with me. And that's a comment about the Malbim. The Malbim, Mayor Leibush Malbim, that was his name. He was a great uh, genius who, uh, who who used to get into some difficulty with Balabatim. You know, Balabatim liked to have a, a voice. But if you're, if you're the Malbim, it's hard to give up your authority to get somebody else a voice. So he wrote a commentary because he he was very much afraid of the masculine, of the those intellectuals who were undermining um, Jewish tradition, and he uh, wrote his commentary on the entire Tanakh uh, in order to prove that Chazal uh, could be defended, could be could be uh, understood as being an absolutely proper interpretation. He also wrote other things, but the, the, the most well-known is his Perush on, on, the, uh, on the Tanakh. And here on this Pasuk, that's the summarizing, the opening Pasuk of the summary. They left Ramses in Egypt and they went to Sukkot. So the the the, uh, the the Malbim mentions the Rambam, the Rambam in the Mora Nebuchim, Rambam in the Mora Nebuchim, and we have to we have to follow this carefully. Shayat Sorekadol Laskir Habasol, according to the Rambam, it makes a lot of sense that the Torah wrote the names of all the stops that they made during the 38 years of punishment. They said, why? Shayat Sargadol, Lazkir HaMasaot, 
There's as time passes. As time passes, Yachziv Hashomea Kazav means will make it into a, a lie. Yachziv Hashomea, people will hear these stories about how B'nai Israel lived in the desert. And Yachziv Hashomea Kolanisimaelu. So the people who listen to the stories will say, believe it or not, will say, that never happened. That miracle is too fantastic to imagine. They think that they led live for 80, 38 years with the man. That's all they ate. Can't be. Yisrael They were, they were, they lived a miraculous life during the thirty-eight years that they found themselves in this dry place, this desert. The Yomar, and that person who hears the stories will say, Echem Shar, Shamdus, Man Rav Kazeh, that they were able to stand for such a long period of time. Meshech Arba Imsha, not 40 years, Bamidbar in the desert, in the, the waste, the Arava, the Eretziyah, Arava, the dry and and uh, desert kind of land by unizonim and that all that time they ate milechem eloki from divine bread we call we know it's called man milechem eloki and water that came out of a well that went along with them it was the only water you could, if you wanted it to taste like something special like pepsi max it would taste like that. Vayomar. And then he would say, Shibvadayam du bimidvariyot akrovim el hayishuvi. He says, so that people would say, I'm not sure whether he thinks these people are Jewish people or, or non Jewish people, but it doesn't matter. They'll all say, well, you know that story about the Ne Israel and the desert and that they kind of were able to live. To, so so they'll say they say well they were in the desert but they were close to they were close to uh, uh, the the people who who uh, lived a, a real life in close to the desert they weren't like in the desert the places that the the Arab peoples might dwell today. In, in other words, nobody wants to live in a desert, so they would live near the desert. And, and living near the desert, they were able to grow things and they had animals that they, that they take care of. Oba Midbar, Shiesh Harish Vikatsir Uborot Mamaim, or in that part of the desert that has the way you could grow things, you could, you could uh, dig up the, the earth, to turn over the earth, and you could cut down what grows, and there are wells with water. Al al chazak shem So the Rambam says that's why it's so important. It's so important to know the names of the places in the desert 
that they found themselves, the man, and look at this, you see this Rambam, Lema'an, Lema'an Yakiru Dorot in order that the future generation should know, Shelo Haya Efshar Bishum Ofen, Chiyamdu Sham Bnei Adam Zman Rav Kazeh, B'derech HaTeva, it could not, it's not possible that people could have lived in that desert for 38 years, B'derech HaTeva, in, in a normal and natural way, Emlo Kiyad Hashem Astazot, if not for the fact that the Yad Hashem was involved, that the hand of God was involved. So this is the Rambam. This is the Rambam. So the Rambam says, look, I have a problem. I don't understand. I didn't understand why we had to know the names to all these names. And he creates an interesting theory. I mean, I think it's interesting that, that, the, that when you tell a story, when you tell a story, you want people to realize that the story that you're telling really happened. It was not like a fantasy of my imagination, not something that I'm not clear about. So what, it, what, what I could do to clarify the reality or the realness of that story is by including information that everybody knows is correct. And what information is better than the names of the places that we were in? The names of the places that we were in. That's what makes the story real. And so it, what's the story? The story, as Rashi said, and as the Ramban said, the story is the story of Chesed. Yes, of course, they could not have lived in the desert if God was not fully supportive of that effort. So you have three Perushim, Rashi, the Ramban, and now the Rambam and the Mora Nebuchim, the Rambam Mora Nebuchim, he says, <clears throat> he says that this was a way of emphasizing the chesed that HaKadosh Baruch Hu made for B'nai Yisrael. And the way we emphasize it, when we tell the story, is by mentioning the places that B'nai Yisrael were in, the places that B'nai Yisrael went to, the places that they got to, all of that is part of the story that we tell. And we want people to believe that this was done under the auspices of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. God was, made it happen, so to speak, right? Then, after the Malbim quotes the Rambam, the Malbim quotes the Rambam, he says, Mikubalim, you know, Mikubalim, that word, is a word that usually the Lita'im, or that type of people, people who, who are from Yeshivot, I mean, they generally don't quote the Mikubalim. But in this case, in this case, the Malbim thought that it was important to quote them. And we know who he's quoting with us. He, he says it. Amikubalim katvu. I hope you're with me here. Amikubalim. Amikubalim, the people who are those kinds of people, who are Kabbalists, who, who live in a different kind of space. 
they're not with us, not with me. They're with somebody else. Amekubalim katvu shemem bet masaot eile. That's how we started. That's the number we started out with, 42. That Rashi told us. There are 42 masaot in the list. So he says, the Kabbalists found some other idea in the number 42. Remember, Rashi said that you all have to do is deconstruct the number 42. It's not the number 42 that's important. It's the number 20. But the Kabbalists came back and they said, no, no, the number 42, that's an important number. Because the number 42, neged shame shall membet. There is in the Gemara, the Gemara even mentions that there is, there are different names of HaKadosh Baruch that we know about. But there are also names of HaKadosh Baruch that we don't know about. One of them is the name of 42, 42 letters. There are 42 letters. So the Kabbalists said, well, obviously 42 is 42. But that's not what they meant. They didn't mean it was just like a childish kind of comparison of 42 to 42. They said it's important to know that there's a message that includes the membet masaot equals shem shel membet. And the Malbin continues, he says, I don't know where that is, but it's someplace. Nishalti ma'amar pli'a nitpas b'chem Rav Shimshon Ostripoler. Rav Shimshon Ostripoler was a Kabbalist related to a preceding Hasidut, relating to the Mal, to the Maral, and a, you know a great a great uh, Torah scholar, who was also a very significant Kabbalist. We can't go into that today, but it's good to remember the name, right, Rav. Sh- Shimshon Ostripola, Lem Amro Beeta Magefa. He says he, he created this prayer, which was going to help the Jews at a time of a plague. And he said, You have to, Lamro Beeta Magefa, Vizetochen Divarava. This is more or less what he said, the Malbin quotes it for us, Zetochen Divarava. Shinasumi Ramses, he says, Shinasumi Ramses, when they went from Ramses, they didn't know him Yusulisukot Olikahalata Olimaserot Bamara Shem Shisukot. He says, This is how you have the this Rashimshim Ostrapolo. He said, This is how you have to read it. I have to read the parasha. They left Egypt. They left Egypt. They didn't know where they were going. They didn't know where they were going. But it was clarified to them by HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that they were going to go from Ramses to Sukkot. So that the membet, the idea that there are membet, that there are 42 letters, and those 42 letters are hidden in this 
in this uh, uh, parasha is because the punishment of B'nai Yisrael in the desert was also a learning experience. And there are those who say that a punishment that is not a learning experience is not really a punishment. It doesn't guarantee a change in the behavior. It doesn't indicate that there'll be a change in the behavior. So, so listen to how Rav Shimshon, Mr. Polar, through the Malbim, understood what the list of places, the 42 places that they were in, one to the other in the, in the desert. So these 42 places represent God's clarifying things. After all, what was the punishment for? The punishment for, they, God told them where they were going. Moshe Rabbeinu told them where they were going, what they were going to get. And it was sort of been obvious to them that this was the best possible option that they could have, but they rejected it. They said, no, the, 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 the Miraglim, the spies, they said this, they said that, it wasn't clear, maybe we shouldn't go. Right? That's what B'nai Yisrael said. What was their punishment? To be led for 38 years by a Kodesh Baruch 42, Kodesh Baruch who would clarify them where they should be going. And they learned from that, the people, the people learned from that, that when HaKadosh Baruch Hu clarifies things, we should certainly accept the clarification and follow the directive. And so the punishment that B'nai Yisrael underwent in the desert was, as Rashi said, it was a chesed. And as the Ramban said, it was a chesed. And as the Rambam said, it had a pragmatic value. But for once, we see the commentary of the of the Mikubalim, of the Kabbalists. And the Kabbalists said, there's no problem with understanding the importance of this uh, of this parasha. And the importance of this parasha is that it means something. It means that really uh, we can't figure that out on our own. And that was the mistake of the Jews when they heard the, the spies. We can't figure it out on our own and what's going to be and what's going to be good and how we should go and what we should do. We can't really figure that out on our own, but, but HaKadosh Baruch Hu can lead us in the proper direction. And that's what the Masaot and the Midbar were. They were HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Mebet 42, leading B'nai Yisrael from station to station. Each time they received clarification, they didn't know until that clarification came which direction they would be asked to go in, what place they would be asked to camp in. All of that took place all that took place according to Rav Shibshan Astropola, it took place as part of the punishment of B'nai Yisrael, which was in fact a great educational option, which enabled B'nai Yisrael to feel proud 
about going into Eretz Yisrael, Eretz Canaan at the time, uh, led by or uh, directed by the Membet, the 42. Okay. All the best. Have a wonderful chance. Be well.